Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Thank you to Mr. Pat Holweiler of our church, who is the pop music aficionado, and put that clip together for me, and a clip for every one of the messages that I'm going to be bringing over the next few weeks in a series called Re, Re, because it's time for us to invite Re into our lives, like restart, yes, restart. Sometimes you just need, you just need a fresh start, Yes. Come on, you know, think about times in your life when you just needed a fresh start. For one reason or another, things went this way, then they went that way, and it could be in so many different arenas of our, of our life where you just got to the place where you just had to say, can I just press the restart button? Yeah? Can we just start over again? And I feel like as pastor of this fantastic church, I feel like that's what I'm called to do, is just press the restart button on this place, right? Just press that button and say, okay, I know everything's different than it used to be, so let's just push, restart. Anybody in? Anybody in for that? Let's just start again. Let's just start. It was, it was the privilege of my wife, Karen, and I to 20, I guess, eight, seven years ago, uh, press the start button on this church by the Lord's command and by his favor and meeting in a living room and then boom, boom, boom. And so many of you have been just a part of that progression of expansion and growth that the Lord has blessed us with. And so many fantastic things have happened. Yes, in 27 years. I mean, if you just think about the numbers of people who have found the Lord through this ministry, not through me, but through this ministry, if you think about the numbers of people who have been discipled and, and, and strengthened in their walk with the Lord and found ways to serve the Lord and the impact that they've had on the community, if you think about the ministries that have grown really organically out of this church, you know, they just sort of say, yeah, that seems like the right thing to do. And we just pressed it out, pressed it out. And if you think about even the global impact that we've been able to have from this little cornfield in Grove City, Ohio, on countries like India and Honduras and Nicaragua and Brazil. But some of you don't know Turkey. If you've been with us for any length of time, you know that the Lord has really used us as a fellowship to, to, uh, to have a global impact. And right now, today, listen, today, there are children who are living in places that they wouldn't have been living in places before because of your generosity, because of your faith, because of your prayers, because of your sacrifice. Street children in India, in Nicaragua, in Honduras, because of you. So in, in saying let's press the restart button, I'm not saying that nothing's happened. I'm just saying it seems like a lot has changed lately, right? So when I say press the restart button, I'm not saying that we shift any of our values, any of what we hold to be important, but let's just fire it up again. Anybody in? Anybody? I'd like to show you in your Bibles a biblical foundation for our restart. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, a passage that I just love so much, I find it so inspiring. 
Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. While you're getting there, the larger context of this is Acts chapter 3 is really in a fascinating spot in the way things were happening and the way the Lord was rolling stuff out in the early church. So Acts chapter 3 comes right after Acts chapter 2. <laughs> See what I did there? Well, Acts chapter 2 was this outpouring of God's Holy Spirit on the church where lots of amazing things happened. And Acts chapter 2 came right after Acts chapter 1. Who said 3? <laughs> you must stay for both services, Barb. You may not go. Acts chapter 2 comes right after Acts chapter 1 in which the resurrected Jesus was walking about and giving final instructions, and that's when he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. And, and, then, and then he ascended to heaven. So Jesus, alive and well, pouring out his promise of the Spirit, Acts chapter 1, ascending to the Father. Acts chapter 2, fulfilling that promise, pouring out the Spirit. And things were happening. 3,000 people were coming to faith in Christ in a single day. You know, one, one, one sermon that Peter preached. And then we have that great passage in verses 42 through 47 of Acts chapter 2, which is really the mandate, I feel, of this church. If you wanted to see what, we're, what it is we're trying to, what we want to be when we grow up, it's right there. And then Acts chapter 3 comes along, and it's on. you got Peter and John about to, by the power of Jesus, perform a miracle. And it's on. It is on. And then he explains what happened. And then right after Acts chapter 3 comes, Barb, 4, thank you. Okay, you don't have to stay for the second service now. Acts chapter 4, in which because of this miracle that Peter and John performed in the name of the resurrected Jesus, they were brought in front of the Sanhedrin and they were, they, were, they were told never to speak in the name of Jesus again, or they're going to get it. And they had the power to give it. And they said, hey, whether it's right for us to obey God or obey men, that's for you. you know, maybe you have a choice there, but we don't. We, can't, said, we cannot help but speak of the things we have seen and heard. <laughs> so that's the context. Okay, so right in the middle of the, all of that is Acts chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. The Hebrew people had times of prayer. So they were, you know, fairly rhythmic in their going up to the temple to pray. So this is happening in Jerusalem, obviously. And um, I just love the thought that Peter and John were going to pray together. I mean, did you think about that for a second? Peter and John, and they're about to encounter a, a person who is crippled. Now, if you had two people who were going to pray for you, would you, could you think of any better than Peter and John to be ambling along? Look, they were just walking, they were just following the Lord's heart. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Apparently, some of you know perhaps much better than me because you've actually been to the Holy Land that one of the gates in Jerusalem was called the gate called Beautiful because of its uh, bronze nature. And when the, when the sun came up in the morning, it just boom, hit that. And they just called, oh, that's just the gate called Beautiful. And that's where they, that's where they were. And, uh, and this, this man was brought to beg because that was, you know, that, was, that was his only way of having food was if someone would be, show him generosity. 
Some of you have been with us in countries where we've encountered beggars along the way, and that's their only way of getting food. And um, so anyway, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. I think this guy must have been super desperate because Peter and John would not have looked like wealthy people, right? I mean, they, they, they looked like this guy except they were walking, basically, right? They were very simple people, and, uh, but he looked at them and he asked them for money. I love this. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Something's going to happen, right? Peter and John look at you, and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Make eye contact. Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. So he was expecting money, right? But he got something better. He was expecting to get what he wanted, but he was about to get what he needed. And that's the way God works, isn't it? Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. (laughs) Don't have any money, but boy, do I have good news for you. This kind of prayer is the first time we really see this from anyone other than Jesus, where they didn't ask the Lord, but they pronounced the healing. This is new. This is new covenant stuff. And most of our prayer is intercessory type prayer, isn't it, where we say, Lord, would you bless Barb with her numbers or whatever, you know, and we just, (laughs) I love you so much, you know that. Uh, would you, you know, we, we, ask, we ask of the Lord for someone. But then there are times when the Lord says, do it. And this was one of those times. They didn't say, Lord, would you heal this man? They said, silver and gold have I enough. What I have, I give you. Here's what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And he walked. And he ran. He jumped. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Talk about a fresh start, right? Talk about a fresh start. This tells us later this guy was over 40 years old. For 40 years, he's this way, crippled from birth. Talk about a fresh start and what God wants to do in a person's life. What follows is that Peter then explains to this gathering crowd what just happened and why it's important. And he said, you know, well, in verse 11, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, (laughs) you guys aren't going anywhere, right? Held on. All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And there, Peter says, I'll take this opportunity to explain to you what just happened and why it's important. And what just happened is that this man was healed not by our strength. They're very clear. We didn't do anything here. But by the strength of the name of the resurrected Jesus Christ, this man is now walking. And and then he just saw that as the opportunity to preach the gospel. Jesus Christ, you ask, parenthetically, 
Well, yeah, he's the one you all crucified. He's the one you crucified. He's the one that you turned over to Pilate and was crucified. And he goes on to tell them that in it's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given us this complete healing to him is all that you can see. And then he says, now I know you acted in ignorance. I know you, if you knew what you knew now, you would not have turned him over. But he says, listen. And then he goes to this amazing, amazing verse in verse 19, Acts 3:19. Repent then and turn to God. He says, repent and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So this was the whole opportunity that he had to share with the people who were amazed at what God had just done. This restart, he's saying, y'all can have a restart. Repent and turn to God, that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing, does that sound good to anybody? Times of refreshing, times of restarting, may come from the Lord. Now this word repent is an important word that he began with, repent. There were two prevailing positions among the rabbis in this word repentance. And the, 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 the two, two big one, one position was that, that repentance has to precede the coming of the kingdom of God. So we repent and then the Lord comes. But there was another popular opinion that says, no, no, we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing and when the kingdom of God comes, then we'll repent. It will be an automatic repentance. So there was kind of like two big things going on here. And these guys threw down and just told them which side of the, this plan they were on, right? Repent and turn to God. And then times of refreshing will come from the Lord. They were, John the Baptist came out and what did he say? What were his words? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In Mark chapter 1, when Jesus is first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, are repent, for the kingdom of God is near. So repentance, they're throwing down, and they're saying repentance always precedes the flow of God's kingdom. Now, so when they got into all this trouble with the Sanhedrin in the next chapter, it's not just about the healing. But it's about this position that they were proclaiming and the stir, the commotion that resulted from that. Repentance is such a wonderful word with so often such a bad reputation. I think it's really a wonderful word. I love the way this verse connects it to the refreshing. I mean, you think of repent and suddenly, oftentimes we start the list of sins, the list of stuff we gotta get rid of, right? Start feeling maybe guilty. But this says repent so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Come on. This is a wonderful word. We need a refreshing. This church needs a refreshing. This fellowship needs a refreshing. This city needs a refreshing. This country needs a refreshing. A refreshing of the move of God. So what do we do? Repent. It's an invitation. If you repent is the implication, then the times of refreshing will come from the Lord. What a wonderful word, this repent. Now, I don't normally fuss about the Greek 
uh, but the word for repent is metanoia. I don't normally fuss about the Greek of the Bible for two reasons. One is because there's probably not that many of you who really care, right? It's like you don't speak it, you don't remember it after you leave, and so it's like, what, what are you doing, just showing off or what? And the second reason is because I'm not a Greek scholar. I went to seminary twice, it took me two times to get through. First time I went through for my master's degree, and second time I went through for a doctorate, and I have to confess to you that I took as little language as possible. You know, it's like taking the gym class, because you got to, you know, okay, I'll do bowling or whatever, right? Who knows what I'm talking about, right? Come on, right? Right? As, you know, and it's not that languages aren't important, they're just, I just don't work that way. I trouble enough with the King's English, right? But every now and then, I'll see one of these Greek words and remember it. And metanoia is the Greek word for repent. And we can break it down so nicely. First, first the meta. Meta means change. Meta. So I've given you the example of the word metamorphosis. So meta means changing, and morph is the shape of, of a thing, right? And the, the last osis is the process. So metamorphosis is the process of change. And so when the little caterpillar cocoons himself up and then comes out as a butterfly, that's a metamorphosis. But I want you to, sh I want to I just lift that up to you. I think the Greek works because it helps us because we have enough English to attach it to. Meta means change. Now, noia means think. Think. Anybody ever heard of something called paranoia? Right? Paranoia. Para can mean a couple things. One of the things it can mean is irregular. <laughs> it can also mean like around. So a person who is paranoid is thinking that, uh, right, something's good. Why did they just look at me like that, right? So you get the idea. You have, you have meta, change, noia, thinking. Change your stinking thinking, right? Change your thinking. And that's what the word repent means. And I think there are two very good ways to think about this word repent. One is to repent and the other is to repent. And when I think about that all caps repent, repent then and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That's the call to anybody who is not yet saved. That's the call to anybody who has not yet come to that place of knowing Christ. Repent then. You gotta repent. It all starts with repentance. It all starts, the whole initiation of a relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ begins with repentance. Think about, those of you who are saved, think about how your thinking was before. And it had to change, didn't it? And you had to turn away from the structures, the addictions, the, the, the stuff that you were using to just anesthetize that pain for lack of God in your life. And you had to turn away from that and you had to look at God. So to, be a Christ, to become a Christian today, you want to repent, turn to God. You want to confess. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. That's what he did on the cross and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you turn to him and you confess, you got me. I'm a sinner. All right? 
And then the Bible says if you want to become a Christian, you receive him. You receive him. You invite him personally into your life. It's not just a, a, a matter of believing about some distant concept, but saying, Lord, come in. The Bible says in John 1, 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Yeah. And then you got one more step. And not everybody preaches this fourth step. It's not fine print, it's bold print. You got to follow him. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me in the gospel will find it. I wouldn't be telling you the whole story if I didn't tell you about the following part. And maybe some of you are in this room right now and you're, you're hearing that repent word, the big repent. Wow, today's your day. You can, you can work yourself through that step. You can stay after and someone will come and pray with you to work through those steps, give you a Bible. Maybe you're at home joining us in some of one of our extended ways. This is the reality of coming to Christ, becoming a Christian. And maybe some of you have heard it many times and you just it's just sort of like now dawning. Oh, today's your day to be born again. What about the other side? What about the little repent? Well, that's for those of us who are believers, and yet we realize that we're not, we need to turn to God. You know, you can be walking with the Lord and get a little bit off track. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it kind of doesn't matter if I'm 15 degrees off track or one degree off track, I'm off track. And so I need to change my thinking. I need to repent. Now on this slide here, let's just say that north is God. And I'm not just saying that because God's country is north of here. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that for that reason. All right? Although I appreciate that this community has a reverential fear of what's up north. I, I appreciate that. Why do I continue to alienate myself from you people with this? Why do I do this? Shoot myself in the foot. Let's say God is up, okay? I probably just destroyed the whole thing for some of you. I ain't looking. God's north, I ain't going. And let's just say you're off that red needle. You see where it goes? You see where it doesn't go? And so the act of repentance in our lives as believers is an ongoing reality. I just say, Lord, let me fix my eyes back on you. Let me change my thinking. In both cases, the invitation is to make a fresh start, isn't it? <laughs> in both cases, times of refreshing are promised. Well, I'm pressing the restart button on our fellowship and I believe it to be the leading of the Lord for us. I believe it's what many, many, many of you will likely be needing right now. And I'd like for you just to think for a moment of all the people that Jesus offered a fresh start to in the Gospels, right? As he went along and he healed the sick, as he opened the eyes of the blind. So many fresh starts. The woman caught in the act of adultery, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So many fresh starts. And remember one guy who came and said, Lord, I want to follow you. He said, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? He said, why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. Keep the commandments. And he said, oh, I've kept all the commandments. 
I've been good at that. Okay, he says, one thing you lack because the man was wealthy. He said, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. And the man couldn't do it. He said, no, I don't want that kind of fresh start. I don't trust you enough with the terms that you're laying out in front of me. And it says he went away sorrowful. Well, I just feel like I want to ask you, when you think about a fresh start, what comes to your mind? What do you need to start fresh? Some of you are ready to become Christians. That's the, that's the granddaddy of fresh starts. Some of you are ready to go to or return to a home group, you know, connecting with each other. Some of you, some of you are ready to, to plug into the Tuesday night prayer meeting that's the pastor Christian leads, and it's all online, and you just email him, and he'll hook you up. But that's a fresh start. Some of you want to walk the wall. Some of you maybe have never been on our .6 miles around the wall, and just walk in and pray, and it's a, it's a way to get a fresh start. Some of you want to jump into some of our ministries, like going to the free store yesterday. Oh my goodness, it is so easy, and it's so fun. I got to know Sean here, and we, we made hot dogs together. Man, that was difficult, wasn't it, man? It was so difficult. And these people came through, and I, something like 80-some people we fed yesterday in the parking lot of the free store, and they all looked like Jesus to me. They all looked like Jesus to me because I don't go there to do something for the poor. I go there because Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these my brothers, you're doing for me. So I go there to see Jesus. And they come on through, and I try to be just as encouraging as I possibly can, and I just know. I just Now listen, maybe you want to help us give away groceries to the poor, get a start, get going. You don't have to have any experience in any of these things. And, and if, you, if you, was yesterday your first time there, Sean? Yeah. I don't think we asked too much of you, did we? Did you get freaked out, anything we said? No, hey, I said, hey, Sean, nice to meet you. Can, you want to help me make hot dogs, right? What I'm saying is, you come and you just figure it out, you know, your own level, your own speed. Some of you are tricked by the devil going, boy, I couldn't go with all those giants of the faith. You should see this ragtag team I had yesterday. <laughs> Holy mackerel. What do you need to start? It's time to restart. Some of you want to sign up for Discipleship Training 100. That's something that I wrote a long time ago and have put hundreds, if not more than a thousand people over, through it over time. And, and it's just a way to say, this is a Bible. It has an Old Testament and a New Testament. <laughs> Here's the difference. So for those of you just getting started saying, I could really, I could really use that. Here's how you read the Bible. Here's how you get going in prayer. Here's how you fight the devil in temptation. Just the core realities of living the life. And some of you may have been Christians for a long time, and you said, you know, I've never really gotten those things down. Sign up. I'd love to have you. would love to have you in the class for six weeks, six Thursday nights. I, I'm sure you won't regret it. Start somewhere. You just start somewhere. You want to restart. We can't just say, yeah, that's a great idea. We have to look down at our feet 
And we say, which one of you is going to move first? Which direction are you going to go? Because you won't restart by staring at your feet. Hear the word repent, and are there issues of in your life? I mean, do you feel like you are off? You're not. You don't have your full focus on the Lord anymore. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Then, uh, you feel like there are issues in your life that repetitive sinful behaviors that have crept in, maybe through the solitude of the pandemic and the lockdown and stuff. Maybe maybe stuff has happened because of that, and you just need to say, God, I want to repent. I want, I want to now confess that that is not a structure from you, and I want to repent. Maybe if you think about the word repent and changing your mind, maybe some attitudes maybe come to mind. You know, it's like, man, I have certainly gotten grumpy about that, right? So that somebody can't even like, say something to you without you going, oh, What? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Maybe you just realize you have attitudes that are just not becoming of the Lord. You want to repent. Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to keep going in that skewed line. I want to get right back on target with you. The ball's really in your court, I guess. Some of you, are you ready? to give your life to Jesus Christ as your Savior, just lay your life at the cross and say, Lord, yes, come into my life. I want to be a Christian. Don't make any promises. In fact, you can promise him this, that you won't be the best Christian, but I want to, I want to be that person. Are you ready for a time of refreshing? Repentance is such a hard word, but it's such a wonderful, wonderful word because it says repent then, and turn to God, that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Let's stand together, church.